real chills. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. everybody welcome to real chills we are so excited for our guest this week please enjoy eric todd's holiday story hello everybody i'm honored to be here i guess about when i was about six or seven years old i was in about second grade i guess at thomas jefferson (laughs) uh, elementary school here in levittown pennsylvania Uh, there was some kind of either handout or a magazine i don't remember that i was fascinated with they were talking about it was different holidays around the world or the way i remembered it it was how other countries celebrated christmas but it didn't that that memory doesn't make sense to to what like what i saw so one of the things that they showed they showed i'm not sure what country it was but there there was a picture there was a good like a god like some kind of like african looking god or it could have been australian like Mm -hmm aborigine god or something but I, I guess in my mind as a child like i said to myself that this article or this handout was about christmas because it was christmas time i'm really not sure what what it was that i was reading but i was fascinated with it and i thought it was really cool that i was learning this at a young age and the thing was kind of scary looking kind of like um kind of like the for your listeners the statue that um cassandra talked about <laughs> a few episodes ago so it kind of looked like an african god or like one of them square kind of like like the heads at easter island or something like that mm-hmm. and so this thing i've kind of been thinking about it a lot and it kind of like was scary looking to me i mean i was six or seven i was very young and so it was near christmas it was near christmas vacation and so christmas morning i woke up um and i looked to my door and here was that thing this walking towards me and it terrified me and it was kind of like see-through it was almost like a hologram kind of mm. like a like a black and white movie was being played like on the whatever and mm. so i put my head down into my pillow and i was just like and this is christmas morning i don't know if i said that or not and i put my head down into my pillow and i looked up again and it was still coming at me but it wasn't getting any closer it would just come like two feet oh. and it would like start over where it started and come two feet again, almost like like the hologram would repeat itself in Star Wars, the 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 one with Princess Leia, so helping me Obi Wan Kenobi. It was like mm-hmm. it was just so this thing was terrified me, and I didn't know why it was coming towards me. But I guess I I got up enough courage because my parents' room was right across the hall, and when you're a child, as you know, like if you can get to your parents, you're like safe. Yeah, that's like that's like the rule. And so it was right across the hall. And so I kind of just got up the bravery to like close my eyes and just run through where this thing was, because I knew enough to know that it wasn't real. But I don't know why it wouldn't go away when I would close my eyes, like 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 some things that you would see early in the morning, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. just waking up. What? So I did that and I ran and, you know, I got to my parents' bed, which where I thought I'd be safe. And for whatever reason, now this is the weird part is that they didn't wake up. I, I And I, I don't, I guess I wasn't able to scream. The idea was for them to wake up and like, then I'd be safe or whatever. 
for some reason they did it and I wasn't able to um, wake them up. Like, I just, I don't know if it was, I couldn't make a noise or was, I was that scared. Mm-hmm. So I, I put my head in the pillows, you know, face down. And so I, I looked up after a couple minutes of my head in the pillows and I seen this big hand coming out of the wall, a big black hand that what? looked like a, like a gorilla hand. And it was pointing as if, and I took that as if to mean like, stay there, stay right where you are, like like you, like you were in trouble or something. Whoa. So, so I got freaked out. I put my head back down into the pillow. And then I looked up again. It was still this black hand, but now I realized it was like a black glove. So like, now I'm thinking, is it Santa Claus? Because I was young enough that, you know, mm-hmm. Santa Claus <laughs> yeah. was still coming. So it's like Santa Claus told me to, to go back to bed. So anyway... I, I put my head back down, and after that, I don't remember, like, what happened. I know we had a regular Christmas. I mean, Christmas was a big deal at the time, yeah. at, at that age. Um, mm-hmm. the, the room where the Christmas tree was right outside my room, like, I didn't even stop to look. Like, that was always so exciting just to see the tree and the presents wow. in the morning. But now I just, I that thing was coming towards me. It's a short story, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it was pretty traumatizing at the time. Yeah. And, and that was yeah. really traumatizing was my parents didn't really seem to take it me seriously. And maybe, and maybe because mm-hmm. I was a little kid, but like right. I really, like they told me, my dad told me later, oh, that was just Santa Claus telling you to get back to bed. Ooh. <laughs> I, know, I always had that kind of like mind where I had to know like, why was that thing? You know, I, I put a lot of thought into it and I thought about it for years and it was my favorite story to tell people, tell my friends and all, so... That's my Christmas supernatural tale. Oh, that's wow. awesome. I mean, scary. That's terrifying. <laughs> and any wow. of my, anything, any, anything that ever came close to like supernatural type happening to me in my life has always been like dream related. Like I've had psychic dreams before and stuff like oh, that. So uh-huh. Wait, what? We need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so. I would like to hear more about this. Like, well, kind of pairing with the psychic dreams thing did you never saw this like vision or this type of entity again this was like a one and done well i guess not until like years later i owned a statue much like cassandra and it was a estu the west african god of mischief i found out it was that i got in new orleans so i don't know maybe it was him traveling back in time like warning me or something I wanted to interrupt on that episode with Cassandra so many times. There were so many things in her story that, like, I related to with this statue of mine. Like, I lived, like, a block from the Delaware River. I was just wondering, like, because I left it with a friend. And I was like, what if my friend threw that in the river and she wound up with it? (laughs) (laughs) If that happened, that would be amazing. That would be Mm -hmm. so funny. Wow. Okay. Like that. Like that. That was really very strange. Yeah. Oh, oh I had a dream. I had a dream about David Bowie um, the night that he died, like uh, like the morning. You know, how you, you say that you had a dream at night, but a lot of times the dreams you remember are in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I turned on the news and found out he died. And I wasn't, a, I'm not like, I don't own any of his, well, I own a couple of his records, but they were my mom's. So it was not like I was a fan, big fan, like thinking about him. And I asked my, my wife, I said, was the news on? Like, I thought maybe I heard the news while I was mm-hmm. sleeping. Right. But I but I didn't. So that was kind of weird. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you get deja vu also? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's very very creepy. Like sometimes, yeah. Interesting. It's never like fun feeling where you're just like, no, I know this feeling. <laughs> um, 
No. One time, I don't know if you would call this deja vu, but like one time I was taking my son, he's five right now, and I guess when he was like, I guess it was last winter, when he was like four, I was taking him to go ice skating. And I was like, all right, buddy, so you got to let daddy hold your hand and teach you how to do this. And he goes, he said, I already know how to do it. He goes, I told you, I told you how to do it when I was your dad and you were a little kid. (laughs) I love these stories. Those are the ones I live for. Dang. But then he started to tell me how he, how to do it, like how to ice skate. Wow. So, and I spent that whole day, like, (laughs) in this, like, kind of like, I don't know, like spiritual, like just like bubble of happiness. I felt like, wow, like, like I don't have to worry about it. This is just like, I don't know. I felt like life was going to go on forever. You know what I mean? That's cyclical. Yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting. And then I found out that he saw how to ice skate on Peppa Pig, but (laughs) that's where he got the thing. But it was still very neat. That's so funny. I don't know where kids get that idea though, where they're like, I taught you how to do this. I was your mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Right. It's, it is. It's very creepy. It's like, but, <laughs> well, not really creepy. It, was, it wasn't creepy. It was very, it was neat. It was like. Surreal. The whole day I felt like just, everything just felt perfect. Like I was just yeah. like, huh. yeah, it was strange. And then you picked up the phone and called your dad and you're like, dad, you'll never get this kid. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. For the, um, the first story that you told. Did the thing make any noises? Was it like completely silent? So, because you did that like perfect description of like the Star Wars Princess Leia thing. So now I have like a really good, but like, was it making, was it repeating the action at you? Like, and just sound yeah, like noiseless? It was just moving like it had no, no, like it was just very stiff and just moving and it, it was making no noise. And it was just, it had no facial features. It was like a wooden sculpture. Kind of wow. Thing. Yeah. Very African or native looking, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was an Af- like an African, like what African art looks like. Right. But at six years old, like, I didn't, like, now, like, you see that everywhere, but it was kind of scary to, an, to a six year old. I'd never seen something like that before. Yeah. Like, it's something new that you've seen. And, like, I'm going to be honest. I think as a child, most art terrified me. I was really <laughs> right. afraid of like this particular Nickelodeon cartoon for a long time. But yeah, I, I think it's interesting because the the way that the image appeared, whether like you were, you know, just recalling it and it was like a thing that was happening or whether it was like an energy taking like a, a fear or something like a vulnerability and then being like, I'm going to present myself as like this thing that I know you're like uh, right. unsettled by or whatever. Right. I, think I was thinking that like, I was thinking like the thing kind of represented fear and then the hand might've kind of represented like guilt. Like I felt some kind of guilt, like I was doing something wrong because yeah. it, because it took the form of went from being a gorilla to Santa Claus is like black glove that he wears. How big was the hand that came out of the wall? Gigantic. It was okay. like the size of the real King Kong hand. The real one. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Man. Because what's super interesting is like, even if like, let's say that you were having some kind of, I don't remember all the phases of dreaming, but like some kind of lucid dream state or something like that, or some kind of like midpoint where you were like tapped into like dream energy, but you're also awake. Just the fact that those are the things that are represented, especially to a kid, like that's really intense. Right. 
I think it's so interesting too that your parents didn't wake up like when you went into the room too. Like right. it was almost like it didn't happen. Yeah, that's so weird. But you woke up in that room from what you can remember? I, I don't really I don't remember anything after it. Yeah. But I mean I'm sure I stayed there. I'm sure I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. My mom, like as as the years went on as I got older, my only connection in my family to anything supernatural or anything like that was my mom. My mom, we did a Ouija board thing at a sleepover and she believed in that and she believed so and she worked at some diner that was haunted. So everybody else in my family seemed a little more like they like my mom seemed like the, the one that's kinda like either whether she believed in it or she just thought it was fun. She was the one that would have um she would have loved this show. She passed away when I was twenty three. She was about the age I am now. She was about forty five, forty six. But like yeah, like it I'm surprised I wish I would have um brought it up to her later on. I would have been interested in, interested to hear what she thought. I think she just wanted to protect me at the time and let me know it was but also it just sounds like it was a bad dream and kids have bad dreams. Sure. Because I think one of the things, too, with kids is, or I, I guess it applies other places, too, but if if it was something that you were having regularly and you were, like, a kid who they're like, okay, like, this freaky stuff keeps happening, like, it's a pattern, that seems like a concern, whereas if you can't explain it, sometimes it's, like, hard to raise alarm or just be like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But... Yeah, but those things are so formative, especially when you're young and they happen. Yeah, I'm still, and I'm still very, um, like, dreams, like, are very, like I said, I had the psychic dreams. I have very vivid, lucid dreams. I have, like, I have dreams where I know I'm dreaming, so a lot of times I see my mom, and I know I'm Aww. dreaming, so I take that, that, I take that opportunity to tell her I love her and stuff like that. Oh. So dreams are, like, pretty, like, big things to me. Like, I can't, I'm not very articulate. I can't think of what I'm trying to say. No, like, it makes sense. Spiritually, <laughs> like, I like I have, like, a whole world. There's, like, like, I have a lot of the same places I visit. Um, wow. Yeah, and it's really, they're weird. They're nothing exciting. They're just, like, certain roads or houses or people. So certain people that I don't know in real life that I see reoccur in there. Hmm. I get stuck in the mall a lot. That's one that... <laughs> I do, I do too, and it's usually I had this reoccurring dream since I was little that I'm on the second floor, and I can't keep myself from like I'm being dragged towards the edge, and there's no railing, and I'm going to fall off the second floor of the mall. Wow! Wow! I don't know why I had that all the time. Not not so much anymore, but I had it a lot when I was young. Yeah. Hmm. So, I spent a lot of time at the mall when I was younger. When I was a kid, see, I'm. I'm 45, so you guys are kind of young, but so I don't know if you guys remember the mall being like the most amazing place in the world. But what, oh, I, I'm 36, so that oh, okay. was like the jam. Like, yeah, no, yeah. we love the mall. I love the mall here. I live. Yeah. I come from a very, you know, I come from a very small town, so like the mall was the place. Like, growing yeah, up. yeah, the early, the mid early the mid 80s, it was like it was just. And plus, I was little at the time, mm-hmm. so you're little, and it was just so cool. Yeah. Speaking of like we're talking about children, um, I have a story that every time I listen to your show, I'm like, I would love to tell them this story, but it's not. We want to hear it. Okay, okay. We I wasn't hear it, sure because yeah. it has nothing yeah. to do with Christmas, and it doesn't really have to do with me. But growing up, I had this friend Becky, and her dad was the pastor at our church. I went to a Methodist church here, like not far from where I live, mm-hmm. and 
like he was really cool. Like, he was like young. Like I went by young. I he's probably like in his thirties or something. But anyway, he was really cool. And so and I was friends with her. And she told me this story that when she was little, she had an imaginary friend. I believe I believe her name was Yago or something like that, mm-hmm. which I know is a parrot. And um, <laughs> but anyway, Yago or Hugo or something like that. Something really creepy sounding. And she would always talk about this friend, always talk about him. Oh, that say he was in the room, say he was talking to her, this and that. And one day her mom was showing her old pictures of back in the 60s when her and her brothers were dressed up, you know, her mom and her her uncles were dressed up for Halloween as kids. And one of them was dressed like the devil. And she goes, Mommy, there's Yago. Wow. Yeah. And she was the pastor's daughter, like, that's for freaky shit. <laughs> That's so creepy. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. We talk about this all. We have a whole episode, I'm sure you know, of just how like, don't let your kids have imaginary friends. Like, I mean, I guess they can, but like, what a nightmare. Was like, I want, I, uh, that gives me so many questions. Cause like, I just want to know, like, was she happy that her daughter was seeing her dead like i'm assuming dead brother that's what it was but well see i don't know he was dressed like the devil oh you think he just thought she was seeing the devil yeah she's the pastor's Mm -hmm. daughter and Mm -hmm. no her uncle was alive oh okay i misunderstood that's even scarier so it was like she straight up is hanging out with the devil yeah god damn she (laughs) was pretty devilish too for the pastor's daughter they -hmm. usually are from yeah that's so interesting wait we gotta go back to this dream things i'm not done there yet (laughs) so do you know much about like astral travel no but it sounds like something i would be interested in yeah it's something that i don't i'm just kind of like dabbling in learning about it it's goes by a couple different things like astral projection astral travel a common idea is that in the dream state some people can basically remove their consciousness from their body and there's different ideas around it, whether it's like you can tap into like a greater consciousness or on the astral plane, like you can connect to spirits or you can connect to other people on the astral plane or the people or the representations you meet on the astral plane. You know, they could be your subconscious, just kind of like working things out, but they appear as, you know, projections that you're doing. So the astral space is like a sacred place for lots of people there's meditations like I've done some astral projection meditations because I just wanted to see what that would be like. And the meditation space I go to, it feels very different. It's cool. And it sounds like that might be really either up your alley or you might be like, yeah, this is what I already <laughs> fall into on my own. Do, I don't want to like yeah. go there on my, you know, it intentionally. Sounds like something. Yeah, it sounds like something that would be, I would definitely love to read into. And it sounds like something that I kind of like. I'm conscious of kind of, but like not, I can't, like I said earlier, I have a hard time articulating things, but yeah, that sounds, that sounds like something I would definitely be interested in. Yeah. Especially since you said like there's places that you kind of like go back to in dreams or things like that, Mm -hmm. or lucid dreaming is another thing that people like can work on if they, they can try to work on and some people can get better at it for lucid dreaming. I do have a book about that, uh, that um, somebody, a friend of mine, an older friend, I have this friend who's like, Christ, he's got to be 75 by now. Mm-hmm. And he's really into that kind of stuff. 
he actually had a book that he gave me on that, and it actually even came with a DVD or CD. Oh, nice! But um, yeah, I got I got to read more into it. He also gave me a book on non-duality, which is like some kind of like belief that you're not even really, you don't even really exist, and that you're like, it's like a story you're making up, or I don't know. It's hard to explain. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Metaphysical stuff. He's an interesting dude. He's a, I, I, it's, uh, I, I can't tell you where I know him from, but. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the secret, secret society. No, I mean, I can't. I, well, no, That's I'm okay. not talking. You don't, you just go way back. Right? Yeah, yeah. you all just yeah. go way back. <laughs> I can't um, tell you where I know him. <laughs> then I'd have I to did, kill you. But I did. Um, I used to always get books about the supernatural out of the library when I was a kid. We would mm-hmm. go to the library. Oh yeah. Um, once in a while, um, and there was a. Uh, you know, books about werewolves and vampires and haunted houses, but there was one that told you how to have an outer body experience. And I started to do it. I did exactly what it said. But when I felt like what felt like my inside, like my, I don't know, spirit coming out, I quickly jumped up and turned on the light because I was freaked oh, out. Yeah. I, was I, was, I was only like, I was only like 14 or something. I was afraid I'd be trapped outside yeah. my body or something. A less um, heady example of this, because Alyssa's like actually like good at research. But what all I can think about, I because I like scary movies, and this is a really good scary movie that's all about astral projection. Can't recommend it enough. It's called Insidious. Okay. So if you ever have time, because Insidious is basically, I'm kind of spoiling it a little bit. There's like a lot more that goes into it, but the dad asks the the son astro projects and gets stuck out there Mm, mm -hmm. so it's basically like what you said where he didn't he thought he was because it was in his sleep so the kid thought he was dreaming but he was actually like leaving his body okay yeah i'll have to check that out i like stuff like that like i love um i'm a big fan of the twin peaks and like the um the the reboot whatever they want to call it the twin peaks return was really Mm -hmm. like yeah trippy like that like i think i honestly i i guess it's left up to the um to the viewer of what what you're supposed to get from it but i i mean it had to do with dreams and and also just different dimensions and oh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know it's one of those things you can watch over and over and just try to like pick it apart and Catch stuff yeah yeah, yeah. Might, who knows people who made it might just be crazy and i mean david lynch is a little weird so <laughs> yeah aren't we all <laughs> yeah insidious is more like jump scares you you don't have to watch it more than once, except if you want to just be scared. <laughs> okay. I can tell you about a movie about the astral plane. It's actually a series called Nightmare on Elm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's kind of one <laughs> if you want to did, get into it. <laughs> did you guys see Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage? No. no. What is that about? I don't know. I watched it, but like it's like... <laughs> it's. You don't know. No, I have to watch it again. It was one of those things. It was like... I want to say aliens, maybe, but it could have been that the, that the dude was making it all up in his head. It was just one of them trippy things. It's it's based on a uh, what the hell is that guy's name? Lovecraft. It's based on an H.P. Oh, Lovecraft story. Okay, okay. But it takes place in, in somewhat modern times, but they they live in the middle of the woods, and there's llamas in it that get mutated together. So that's kind of cool. That is pretty sweet. And Nicholas Cage is in it. Yeah, he's like a mutated <laughs> llama. He really does. I, did you see Mandy? No, I haven't seen Mandy, but that, that is another on my list. weird. I think it might have been the same 
director because it's, it's just they're both just as weird yeah well and you know he lived in that cursed house all that stuff so what i saw his i saw his grave when i was in new orleans he um so you know those old graveyards in new orleans with the, the above ground mm-hmm. well a lot of those are hundreds of years old and if the families don't keep keep them paying for them you can buy them out and have them torn down and have your own built there so he, Whoa. Tore, he had a couple torn down and had a pyramid built there for himself. Yeah, that's also why he's, I'm not surprised that he's cursed. Yeah, he's, yeah. A, freaking, <laughs> he's a freaking weirdo. He asked I love for it. it, yeah. Rick, <laughs> yeah. you didn't know that he like lived in that crazy haunted house? No, tell me about this, yeah. Was that in, was that in New Orleans? I know it was, in, yeah. I know he lives in New Orleans. Yeah, New Orleans is just a, a neat place for any of that kind of yeah. behavior. I love New Orleans. Oh my gosh. It's my, my mom. Favorite. It's my favorite place on earth. Oh yeah. I want to go back. Um, my mom thinks she like uh, had a past life there, which again, again, my mom is always like, I'm not into paranormal stuff. And then she just drops stuff like this because the first time she went, like the first time she'd ever been there, no research previously, she felt as soon as she got there, she felt like she'd been there before and she knew how to get to places without looking at a map. I had a similar experience, not not the new how to get to places and all that, but I felt like like I belonged there. I was just like, yeah. And I don't drink anymore or, or anything, so I like I st- but I still like it doesn't matter. I still love the music, the food, the people, the the history. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's the, great. The history is kind of jumbled up, so it's like it's kind of like it's like it's like real history, but there's also a lot of it is. Folklore and folklore yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I find interesting, I was thinking about you telling us having like replaying the moment or having the knowledge that your friend was getting busted for something that he didn't do or he didn't know um, Mm -hmm. moments before, because at first I I thought, Oh wow. I wonder if you traveled and were with him, but it sounds like you were interacting with him or do you, did you just not talk? What you mean in the dream? Yeah. In the dream where you, your friend who got pulled over by the cops. Like, was I there with him in the... Did you feel like you were there with him and were you having a conversation with him? Or were you, like, where it was, oh, I just had this dream and it it indicated the future. Yeah, I feel like, like, I feel like I was there, but now that I think of it, I don't remember if I was communicating with him or if I was just kind of seeing it happen, like a movie. Yeah, that's the thing that would be interesting to know. I mean, it's one of those things where I can't speak for you, but, like, I invite that kind of stuff or, or I want that kind of stuff to happen but at the same time I don't really want it to happen to me because it's a burden right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but if it would happen again it'd be interesting to know if you experience it as like you're just there in the moment so you're you know mentally traveling during that time and seeing a peek into the real world or if you are just having a premonition uh not like oh you're just having a premonition because that's pretty freaking awesome too but it'd just be interesting to know the difference so yeah, it would be, but like, you know, like dreams are so strange. It's like, it, I really, cause it was so long ago. I remember it. I remember I was sitting in the car, car truck with him, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I was there when a cop was found, found what he found. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. those stories. Loved it. No problem. Have you ever felt emotions? Then do we have the podcast for you. Feel Feelings is a weekly podcast where comedians Danny Getz and George Bruderman sit down with some of the funniest, emotionally distraught people, i.e. comedians, they know, and talk feelings. 
Every Friday, hear very funny people reminisce on Ren and Stimpy, worry about the Wizard of Oz, and emote over their emo phase. Check out Feel Feelings with Danny and George, a show about feelings and the things that make you feel them. Okay. So I'm going to get into this. I have a few like really quick things to talk about because I kind of did like a like just paranormal Christmas search and I found some fun stuff. It wasn't um, like your search for the bare naked ladies. Yeah, no. <laughs> Call it turned back. Out, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we'll actually cut that part we'll out. We'll probably anyway. cut this, but yeah. yeah. Sorry, maybe you should start <laughs> that over. I ruined it. Sorry, Meg. That's okay. Um, yeah, so if you are like me, you're always looking to get into some spooky ooky paranormal things even if it is the christmas season um so while during research i found a travel channel article called 10 scariest christmas haunted houses and this was posted december 13 2019 and basically it says just because it's the season to be married doesn't mean it can't also be scary mm-hmm. um so i just wanted to describe these I, I only have two of these and then i have a really fun cursed present story but um I just wanted to read these descriptions and see what you guys thought if you would go to this. Because okay. uh, <laughs> it's wild. It's like the weird juxtaposition. Um, so the first one, uh, at the dark hour haunted house in Plano, Texas, get ready for wreck the halls in December. This year, it's a clash to the death between revenge-seeking toys brought to life by a genie and an army of malevolent elves led by none other than Krampus himself. So it's, it's about like a Christmas haunted house? Yes. You can oh, go to it. Okay. And this is last year's theme. Got it. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So, yeah. okay. Battle Royale. You'll be stuck in the middle, forced to choose sides as the battle rages on in the middle of a gory winter wonderland. Whoa, that sounds awesome. Are you guys big uh, haunted house people? Do you go during like October and stuff? Halloween? I, I used to I used to love that stuff. Um, and I probably will again as my son gets older. Mm-hmm. But um, I do not, I do not, I don't like to mix Halloween with, with Christmas. You know, you, you're, you're a purist. Uh, do you like to keep I'm them separate? I'm with you for the most part. <laughs> I like A Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's a Christmas movie. It's not a Halloween movie. Right, right. <laughs> just for our listeners, in case you hear any um, just random sounds, we are we have a, a, a extra guest with us. We are so not being haunted by a small child. <laughs> I mean, maybe we are. Path. Maybe we are. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but um, one of the things is, I worked at a haunted house for a season in Pittsburgh, and they actually did a. A, like a holiday Christmas, like spooky Santa killer clown theme. They did it again recently too. So it's the scare house in Pittsburgh and they've been on the travel channel and like won a bunch of awards, but yeah, the, there's so much potential with creepy Christmas. I love um, it. So I would definitely go. I, I don't go to as many haunted houses as I would like to, mm-hmm. but yeah, but now after COVID, I'm doing it all. Once the yeah, pandemic's over, I'm doing it everywhere. There's one in Pennsylvania, and then there was another one that's a Christmas haunted house escape room. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the premise behind the escape room. 
Oh, I would have to go look it up. I don't know. Okay, the that's in front of me. But um, I do have the the there's one in Pennsylvania called Happy Horror Days Ooh. in Uniontown. So that's like near us. So that's why I wanted to give it a wow. shout out. And um, so there's two nightmare provoking holiday experiences. In the first, you're invited to a spirited holiday party gone terrifyingly wrong at the Hill family mansion. Ooh. Once the intense fear releases its grips on grip on you, prepare for the never ending torment of Santa's wicked little helpers. So yeah, you just have to escape this crazy Christmas haunted house. So I definitely want to go to that, Alyssa. Let's bookmark yeah. this for next year. Yeah, I'm really I'm for it. <laughs> um, you and, know, um, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go for it. Yeah. Some of the uh, origins of Christmas, like and like the pagan origins, and even like the like what we know of as Christmas, like here in America, is only like about a hundred years old. So yep. really, they they used to tell ghost stories in England on Christmas Eve. It was a tradition. And also, it was a pretty dangerous, drunken uh, party um, Christmas and Christmas Eve in parts of London back back before, I guess, it was Jesus' birthday or whatever. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and Christmas caroling, the, the origin of that was was poor people, drunk, poor drunks banging on rich people's doors and demanding food. That's yeah. why they, they said, bring us some figgy pudding. Like if you hear, you know, yeah. wish you Merry Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it does have some scary, some creepy origins, especially in Germany and countries like that, where Santa Claus mm-hmm. looks like, like a, like a, like a hobo. A and nightmare. They have, yeah. <laughs> and, they Krampus, and they have Krampus and stuff like that. So, yeah. And it was even, I, I'm not sure which countries I think European, uh, it was tradition to tell ghost stories on Christmas for a while. But yeah, um, another way to get your spooks in this holiday and spread fear is you can buy your loved ones a cursed object. Hell yeah. So at first I thought this would be difficult, but Etsy has a whole cursed gift section. Just cursed gifts. And <laughs> it brings up all kinds of things like a cursed VCR, a Sukuna demon finger, and many, many, many frightening dolls. I'm just saying <laughs> that if I'm going to buy my cursed objects, I want it to be artisan and handmade. That's all I'm saying. Etsy well, go, would be yeah. the source that I it's would use. It's perfect on Etsy then. You have everything. <laughs> well, one you of those letters that, that, that says that, um, you know, like that, that makes it official that it's cursed. Yeah. yeah. Like you get, like you buy an autograph. Yeah. Authenticity letter, yeah. <laughs> I was really doctor. I was surprised how like willing to sell cursed objects everyone on Etsy was. They're like, look at this doll. It's look at it. It's cursed. You can just tell. <laughs> like, all right. I mean, I'd be ready to sell it because I would not be ready to keep it. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. So I'm I know it's last minute, but if you're still looking for gifts for someone you hate, <laughs> get on out there and get them a cursed monkey paw they're not that expensive i just love that the cursed gifts were like monkey paw or like sticker of a, a weirdly shaped cat like just next to each other i was like yeah All right. old vcr really? it's just like i don't know There's what i have going on trying here to get rid of the cursed vcr that's that's my favorite one it's pretty funny i love it <laughs> well it said works on wednesdays it had a sticker that said works on wednesday so i was like i guess it's cursed every day but once so you can only watch your vcr <laughs> tapes anyway i thought that was really fun um but the funnest thing and the mo- thing i'm most excited to talk about was the story of someone who received a haunted christmas gift in the article titled my furby was possessed by a japanese ghost <laughs> 
<laughs> written on May 21st, 2018 by Cal McGee. They go on to tell a harrowing tale. Uh, please note, I condensed the article for time purposes, but, and these are their words, just, I, I just cut some stuff out. So here we go. Uh, it was 1998, I believe. I was five years old and very much into my theatrical and overdramatic phase as a result of watching far too many Disney movies. <laughs> the wish were in the charts and life as a senior infant was good. Christmas was approaching, so naturally I browsed Smith's Toy Star to make sure I didn't forget to put anything on my Santa list. One of my requests was the most gay, over-the-top princess castle that ever existed. It played music as you opened it, and I'm pretty sure it sprayed bubbles. Side note, the author is queer. However, one toy took the entire world by storm, and of course, I had to have it. It was the Furby. Mm-hmm. Almost 20 years later, I still can't find a photo online that quite resembles what I got that year. My guess is that it was a bootleg Furby bought out of, the, out of a boot of a car because my dad couldn't justify parting with the 50 euro at the time. Mm-hmm. I unwrapped my 50 Christmas- euro? Holy cow. Yeah. A lot. (laughs) I unwrapped my Christmas presents on that chilly December morning to find him. Furbo. (laughs) He calls him Furbo. His name was not Furbo then, but looking back on the event, I call him Furbo as an ode to his bootleg origins. (laughs) I instantly knew there was something a bit off about Furbo. As diverse as the Furby range was at the time, none of the other kids seemed to have a Furby that resembled mine. I just thought that made mine special, and some of the other kids were even jealous. I was initially chuffed, but having such a special Furby came at a horrifying price. Also, chuffed, British word, I'm thinking it means excited. Just using context clues there if you're wondering. Um, Over the course of a few weeks, Furbo's attitude started to change. His voice got a bit deeper and manly, which I later attributed to his batteries wearing out. But even replacing said batteries did not fix the problem. Sometimes I swore I caught it staring at me when it should have been in sleep mode. And as I would look directly at it, Furbo would close his soulless black eyes. (laughs) One night as I was doing my homework, Furbo awakened and demanded I feed him. His voice this time, almost demonic, was louder than usual and started to don a strange accent. This accent slowly descended into Asian diction, as though English was not its first language. I brought it downstairs to my mother, as by this point I had grown weary of the thing and thought it saddled me with too much responsibilities. The way, you, <laughs> yeah, the way you fed them at the time was to simply place the tip of your finger in its mouth so it could suckle. I'm 99% sure I once tried to breastfeed it this way before it became demonic, but now I was afraid to go anywhere near it in case it genuinely hurt me. I could tell it wanted to ruin my life. My life, my life. I could tell it wanted to ruin my life. Furbo developed a menacing, insidious personality that made it clear that he was the boss now, and that terrified me. Feeding it didn't work. It still demanded constant love and attention. For hours, it rattled on and on, demanding to be fed, rocked, burped, etc. Normally, once these demands were met, it would go to sleep, and I would carefully place it somewhere quiet and dark so it wouldn't wake up. However, the feeding, rocking, and burping was now an endless cycle without any reprieve. I vividly remember my mother crying out of frustration with Furbo as she tried her best to send the relentless monster to sleep. (laughs) I love this. (laughs) Good job, Cal. Eventually, we took out the batteries, put an end to the madness, and to our absolute bewilderment, Furbo continued his demands. Of course he did. You're probably thinking I'm lying by now, but I ensure you I speak the truth. A simple Google search and a scroll through Yahoo Answers will confirm the sordid early history of Furbies and how they would retain enough power after battery removal to live a little while longer and how they were even used as a secret software to eavesdrop on conversations according to the national security agency what 
Yeah, wow. that's actually true. I um I begged my mother to call police, convinced Furbo was something supernatural at this point. I'll never forget his arrogance whenever he was simply ignored. He would say in his Asian twang, you don't love me anymore, do you? Do you? Do you? <laughs> Thankfully, oh he relented and he went into hypersleep with one long groan. At last, peace prevailed, but not for long. Later that week, I was <laughs> sleeping soundly in my room when Furbo, still batterily, batteryless, woke with a horrifying shriek. If five-year-olds could go prematurely gray, I surely would have. There he stood at the end of my bed with glowing green eyes. He started speaking in tongues. Did I mention Furby's eyes are not supposed to glow? I, of course, screamed in terror to alert my parents, and as soon as they entered, Furbo went back into hypersleep. They dismissed my story, and I lived in fear for the rest of the week, wondering what Furbo was going to do next. It became clear I had to get rid of him, but how? I couldn't just throw him out. He was still a costly Christmas present, and that brought with it some inherent guilt. I thought about accidentally destroying him, perhaps by fire. But how could a five-year-old how could a five-year-old get his hands on matches? In the end, I decided to bury him in the backyard garden one dreary moonlit night. I put him in a shoebox like you would a small family pet, and I'm certain I said these words, see you in hell, as I closed the lid. Again, I watched a lot of movies. <laughs> so that's the story of the haunted Furby oh, yeah. Christmas present. But yeah, to what um, the author was saying, yes, they're nightmares. Furbies are nightmares in general. And there was actually stories, I think it was a Reddit post I read, where someone said, their dad worked for the FBI and they weren't allowed to have a Furby because they were afraid of like talking in their sleep mm -hmm. and the Furby recording it. Yikes. Wow. We mm -hmm. gave my grandpa, my, my pop-pop, he was like my best buddy. We gave him one of those like to keep him company when he was mm -hmm. like in his eighties. You gave, gave your pop-pop a Furby? <laughs> yeah. And he, um, he, every time we go over, he's like, this thing talks to me. Like he just didn't understand that that was so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Furbies are so weird. And I it also is... don't believe that that guy was five. Like people, like your memory, like you think you were five, but you you weren't you weren't saying see you in hell to Furby when you were five. Yeah, he was probably older than that. But yeah. Eric, let me uh, ask you a serious question: If your child got a Furby and then you were convinced it was haunted, what would your plan be? I would just throw it out. I'm, I'm not scared of it, of the retaliation. of. What the, if it came Furby. back? Cursed objects come back, dude. And then it knew you threw it out. It would be well, like on your pillow the next night. I probably wouldn't. Like, I, I think I would enjoy something weird like that. But I would also be, <laughs> I think that the conspiracy theorist in me would probably go to that, like they're messing with me from China or something. You mm -hmm. know, like there's a yeah. guy sitting there, you know, watching me. And it's kind of weird. They're watching us now anyway, our phones, everything, so. <laughs> Everyone's watching Why us. Why not in a Furby? At least it's in a cute package. <laughs> I bring this up, so I know you can see it on my screen. There's this guy. I watched this video with Sam, uh, my husband, and this guy, like, rewired an organ to make it so that it's a choir of Furbies. So each key is like a different thing you can make the Furby do, or maybe it's a, th a synthesizer. Whoa. It's, I'm it is horrifying. I'll send you the link in Facebook so you all can watch afterwards because it's loud, but it's it's intense. It's pretty incredible. I remember it's, it's Uncanny Valley, which is like that feeling when things are made to kind of have human features, but they're a little off. It's like a natural sense of of us like that we have that we feel unsettled 
Mm-hmm. And that's what Uncanny Valley is. And that's how I remember getting a Furby and feeling that immediately. Just looking at it like, I don't, mm, I don't trust you. Like you want to be my friend, but. Mm, <laughs> I felt similarly about Teddy Ruxpin. Really? <laughs> You're like, no way, Teddy, get out of here. Swerve. Just the way it moved and everything. Just ugh. Ugh, gross. Yeah, I love that story. I love that he got, they got a, a bootleg Furby and it was haunted as hell. I just... <laughs> what if they got like a real Furby? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the high grade one. Meanwhile, like that kid's like parent is like working for like the British government. or whatever. Right. It's <laughs> like, so funny. Had a few bugs to work out. Yeah, sure. That's a great story. Thank you, Meg. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I loved reading it. So funny. Yeah. All right, Eric, we know that you have to go. Do you have anything that you want to plug? Yeah, I just, I wrote a kid's book. Uh, It's called, it's about Ogopi. It's called You Can Call Me Oglethorpe. You can find that at kidsogopi, O-K-A-P-I, books.com. Yeah. Sweet. Nice. Thanks so much. This was excellent. I'm going to be thinking about the hand reaching through the wall yeah, this Christmas. Christmas as I tuck yes. my head into my pillow. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Thank you. I appreciate you guys yeah. so much. I'm a big fan. Yeah. yeah thanks thank for you, coming Eric. on the show. Have a good night. Good night. Thank good you. Night. Bye. Bye. Meg, we're going to, we're going to play the game. Yeah, let's do it. Let's play the game. Yeah. So the game for this week is Christmas. Would you rather, but instead of just two choices that you're going to have to manage between we're doing Christmas Would You Rather with the ghosts of Christmas, past, present, and future. Ooh. So okay. <laughs> you're going to come up with places that you would go with each of those ghosts respectively. And then we'll figure out what is the best case scenario and then who you would not want to go with. Okay. Okay. I love it. I can't wait. Um, I'm ready. Do you have yours? You ready? I'm ready to go. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Hell yeah. Okay. So you have to pick between Christmas past during the Great Depression. So Christmas during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Christmas present in a extremely long line at a COVID testing center. (laughs) Or Christmas future where we are all alien slaves. Slaves to aliens. Alien slaves. I know. I'm intrigued by that as well. (laughs) I am intrigued. And it's Christmas. (laughs) I know. They probably go easier on us on Christmas, right? I know. (laughs) I mean, the least bad of those seems like the Great Depression. Like, it'd be interesting to see what life was like back then. I'm sure it would be hard. But I do feel like people can kind of come together around the holidays or... Yeah. At the very least, you're not standing in a line and you're not beholden to aliens. So I think that just by default wins. You I will say that what's funny is that my second choice would be going into the future and potentially being a slave for an alien. You just don't want to be in this year. You're done. I just don't want to be standing in a line with other people. Like, yeah, I do hate lines. I almost I spent the whole Christmas. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks. I do think I would pick alien slave just to see, like, as long as they're not absolutely terrible like if we're just like maids or something you don't know you have no idea we don't know the gamble it is the biggest gamble but i think it would have the highest payoff if it was like (laughs) like the coolest world you know yeah 
Yeah. Especially if it was just like, eh, you just got to spend Christmas there. Like, you'll come back. Like, and you get to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'd be sweet. Nice. All right. I have one. Okay. Okay. You're spending Christmas. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past takes you to Christmas 2019, and you know everything about the pandemic. <laughs> But like okay. you, you just know that stuff, but you just oh, go no. to Christmas last year. <laughs> it's present, and you get to go to like a great tropical resort, but you have to quarantine in place for 14 days in your hotel room. Oh man. So you're in a hotel okay. room. <laughs> but, but you're, you're quarantining in place, but you do get room service, but you can't Ooh. go to the beach, even though you can see it with your eyeballs from the mm. hotel window. Mm-hmm. Or Christmas future, you are at Christmas in the middle of the next pandemic, whenever that might be. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I love, I love these. And I think the first one is so funny because I <laughs> would never, I would never, if you gave me 18 choices, this would be the last one every time because I can't imagine waking up and knowing I have to drive to work for three months and no one knows what's about to happen. <laughs> like you wouldn't buy like stocks or anything like that oh i mean i guess that's the smart thing to do but i would be too pissed off that i have to live it's not even about living through quarantine again it's those three months before quarantine that i'd have to do before i could get comedy months if we're being honest it would just i couldn't do it um uh, I think I pick present because I'm not a big beach person anyway, but I'm a big room service person. Same. So hard same. Yeah. I think that sounds like my perfect getaway. Anyway, do you know, just Netflix in the biggest, comfiest bed. I love hotel beds. And then that's it. I once got a free, like two or three days at a hotel, like a really pretty nice hotel room in New York that was gifted to me. Uh-huh. And I, um, was like, I'm going up to New York. It was, I think it was the first time I went up to New York to go do comedy by myself. Uh, and I got a hotel room. I had a cold the entire time, but I like, <laughs> this is also why pandemic starts is because I was like, well, I have a cold, but I'm still going to go on the mega bus and like, <laughs> go to New York city because like, I'm not going to not use this it. hotel room. Yeah. So, um, but I, I was across from a really good diner in a nice neighborhood. Uh-huh. I got in really late. I got my diner food. T- I took it across the street. I was also like pretty broke at the time. No surprise there. But <laughs> I watched 30 Rock in that hotel room for most of the trip. and Love time it. Because <laughs> I wasn't it. feeling good. Yeah. But I was just like, just the fact that I like don't have to wake up and take the Ugh. dogs out. Like all of my, my responsibilities jam. are here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty great. So, so on board. Now, if I had to fly to get there, I'd be pretty upset. So that is the only deal breaker where I'm like, I don't know. I have to fly. I've heard planes. I mean, maybe I'm just believing the hype, but I've heard planes have like changed everything, and they're actually way better now. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I think that's just like the thing because I feel like if I had to go to Christmas in the middle of the next pandemic, like I'm already quarantined in place. Yeah. I can't imagine a next pandemic. This better be it in my lifetime. I swear to God. I mean, I suspect without trying to be like too, you know, whatever, but I just suspect it's going to mutate. Like Mm -hmm. viruses mutate, I think. So if it just mutates, then we just got to go back in and we're going to have COVID season. Like, 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That sucks. I mean, I think we're going to be better prepared now. Mm-hmm. I really hope that we stay with um, like other countries, particularly I'm thinking of Southeast Asian countries, where mm-hmm. if you're not feeling good or if you're afraid of getting sick, you just wear a mask. And, I like, love it. I love yeah. all of this new stuff. I love wearing a mask. Like if I don't feel good or whatever, even especially in the winter, like my mm-hmm. face is the warmest it's ever been in the winter. Mm-hmm. And I like this whole like being like nice to your fellow people, you know, like not shaking hands with everyone, even though you're sick to be polite and things like that. I just like it. I yeah, know. I do too. When I was in high school, no, when I was in middle school, my mom had cancer and she had to wear masks in stores in Texas and people like <laughs> were like the opposite end of a magnet, just trying to get the hell away out. from it. Yeah, they of course. They thought she had something. Yeah, yeah, and she was just like, no, I have no blood. I have no red blood cells. I cannot get any of your germs on me, but I have teenage and like young children that I need to take care of. We're yeah. at this Toys R Us. I specifically remember I was at a Toys R Us for my brother. Oh my god! You know, she wanted to be a mom. She wanted to mom it up. Yeah. So. Screw them. Yeah. So I'm I'm for the masks. I, at least that's like an additional measure that you can take. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and I'm also for people washing their hands more. Oh, a hundred! I cannot wait to not have to shake hands as much. I like the little elbow bops. If that stays, so mm-hmm. be it. But like, especially with comedy, like I ran an open mic. You know how many fucking hands I would touch in like. One Do you night. know how many hands had been adjusting their nuts like moments I n- before? I can't. I never. I know I should have, but I never thought about it. It's like, ugh. I mean, hopefully on the outer part of the jeans, like that's fine. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, some of them were not washing their hands the way they should be. Mm-hmm. I am for hand sanitizer station yes. by the backstage. I'm for that. So forever and always. So yeah, I'm happy with that. That we'll be better at this. Yeah. Oh. Well, this was that great. Was so fun. I yeah. love that game. <laughs> I couldn't believe that we had a listener who we love who joined us for some of the. He popped into our Hell Week pumpkin carving. Um, Eric is great, but I couldn't believe that we just had somebody who's like, I have a story that it happened on Christmas. Like, it worked so perfectly. And his other stories were so fun too. That's my favorite part, honestly, listeners, anyone that wants to be on the show. I love when people are just like, oh, I have this other thing too. And it's like, hell yeah, tell us it all. I want, I want all of it. I want it all. So we get to talk about one of my favorite things, astral travel. Like that's yeah. one of those things that I'm all about hearing other people's experiences. So <laughs> super, um, super nice. Meg, where can people find you if they want to follow you this holiday season? Yeah, you can catch me on Instagram or Twitter. It's the same handle. It is at Meg gets money, gets spelt G-O-E-T-Z. Nice. And uh, we know that we had our happy all all of the winter holidays acknowledgement last uh, episode, but we know this is coming out right on the Christmas like holiday. So uh, Merry Christmas if you're a celebrator. Kwanzaa's like the day after. New Year's is coming up. So um, yeah, happy holidays to everybody. And uh, you can find me at Alyssa Truss on all the things. And if you want to see what I'm doing with my houseplants and my lizards. By the time this goes up, my lizard should have their stockings um, all done on their tanks. So you can oh, check that out at Variegated Reticulated. That's so cute. I can't wait to see yeah. it. I yeah, cannot yeah. wait to see that. <laughs> See, Well, thanks, Meg. I'll see you soon. Happy yeah, holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye.
Find us at the places you get podcasts and subscribe. Visit our website at realchillspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at realchillspodcast. Do you know someone who should be on Real Chills? Is that person you? Go to realchillspodcast.com slash submit and tell us more. Special thanks to Valerie Jamamber McShane. Artwork by Libby Rindell. Music by Sam Williamson. Real Chills Podcast is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Traskowski.